Hear the word of God from Paul's letter to the Colossians chapter 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another, with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Good to see all of you this morning on this beautiful, beautiful day. By the way, it is an absolutely gorgeous day. Any of you guys enjoy being outside yesterday in particular? It was like 80 degrees. Oh, it was so nice. We went to the, I took my kids to the pool yesterday, and I haven't been yet because it's like 92 degrees, 94 degrees, it's just too hot for me, even to be in the pool, it's too hot for me. Yesterday was like 82, I was like, this is so nice. I get used to that. I mean, like, that's the kind of summer days that I want. I want to see summer days where it's like 84 degrees at the hottest point, and the rest of the days just nice and cool. It was wonderful. I don't know why I'm sharing this with you. I just felt like this is something you wanted to hear. I'm a fan. Now, we're continuing our series in the book of Colossians, and we actually have two sermons left in this book. This week and next week. So the next, next two sermons, we're finishing up the book of Colossians. And both this week and next week is really about living in the reality of the previous week's messages. We've seen that in the first two chapters of Colossians is this Paul's attempt wholeheartedly to go against false teaching and to show that Jesus Christ is supreme. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. In him all things are created and so on. We were dead in our transgressions, but God made us alive in Christ. The first two chapters of Colossians is this deep thinking passages where it says, know the supremacy of Jesus. He is beyond us. He is big. He is the firstborn. He is everything. But then it goes to the next two chapters, chapters three and four, and it almost goes from like this deep, heady stuff to like, okay, now that you know the heady stuff, let's take it down. What does that mean for you practically? 
Now that you know the head he said, now that you know you're dead in your transgressions, now you know the supremacy of Jesus, what does that mean for you practically in this life now? How do you live the everyday practical Christian life? So the past few messages you've heard us preach have been a little more heady, a little more theological. Guys, today I just want to try something a little different. I just want to give you some practical ways to live in this life. I feel like that's what Paul's intention is in Colossians so far. That's what I want to leave you guys with today. So how do you do this? How do you live the practical everyday life? These are more like application points that Paul's leaving the, the people in Colossae. It's just leaving them with this question. What are you supposed to do? Now that you're made alive in Christ, how do you live it? Now that you know that Christ is supreme, what do you act like? So that's what the closing section today, most of today, next week is going to be about. In light of who Jesus is and who he has called us to be, what should our lives look like? So chapter 3, one of my favorite passages, is such a practical passage, talk about basically narrowing it down to two different things. Things that you're supposed to put to death, and things you're supposed to clothe yourselves with. Right? It comes out of two different things to do. You're supposed to put to death these things, and then clothe yourselves with these things. Right? And I love that phrase, clothe yourself, it says here. It's the idea of putting on, of dressing a certain way, putting on clothing, you know, like dressing a certain way. Now guys, I'm not a fashionista, I'm not a fashion person whatsoever. I'm not much of a person who cares much about the way I dress all that much. Most of the people who know me well can attest to that. Um, most of the people who work with me at, at Waypoint Church and the staff knows that most every day I show up at church wearing flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt. That's my everyday work attire. As a matter of fact, right after, um, a couple weeks ago, I got called up one time. I was literally, it was a Monday morning. I get a phone call from the news, uh, WRAL. They're like, hey, we want to interview you for something. And I'm like, oh, okay, over the phone, no problem. They said, no, no, we want to set the video crew down. And I said, I'm wearing a faded Superman t-shirt and flip-flops. And then they're like, we'll be there in 15 minutes. So luckily I live a minute away, so I went to quickly change. But that's who I am, that's how I dress, um, very casual. Actually, this is a true story. I'm the guy that one day I was, I was in Durham waiting for a friend of mine, and I had a drink in my hand, but it was empty. So I just holding the, I didn't want to throw it in, you know, on the street. So I was holding the cup on the side of the street in Durham, and somebody actually put money in it. It's a true story. So, not much about fashion, you know, just, just to be honest with you. But, but, not much about fashion, but every once in a while, I don't know how many of you guys can attest to it, but every once in a while you got that right outfit on at the right time. You guys know what I'm talking about? When you wear that, you got that nice new jacket or the nice new suit or, I hate jackets and suits, I don't know why I use those as examples, but that new dress or whatever, you kind of put it on, you're like, ooh, this feels good, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Every once in a while you look back in the mirror and you're like, oh, okay, all right? Every once in a while you feel that way and it feels good. Maybe, maybe you've been really dirty, you did some yard work, you're sweating, and then you get that fresh shower, and after that fresh shower, you get that fresh clothes on that just came out of the laundry, and that fresh, clean smell. You're like, I feel clean. You just feel good. You feel clean. You know, one time my wife ordered a dress online, and she just wanted to make sure it fits. So she opened up the package, saw that her dress came in, so she just wanted to make sure she fits, so she puts it on over the clothes that she's wearing just to make sure it fits. My son Hudson, who happens to actually be someone who cares a lot about fashion, He's six years old, and he cares a lot about fashion. Hudson was on the iPad or something. He see my wife walk by, and he just lock, looks up and goes, wow, you look great. <laughs> my wife, obviously, beaming, she's like, oh, you really think so? Gives him a big kiss. But for some reason, this is a true story again. Later on that night, 
Later on that night, she, she, she puts him to bed and she's like, you know, Hutch, I loved it when you told me that I looked great. That made me feel so good. He goes, but I'm confused. She's like, you're confused. What, what are you confused about? He goes, but where was your bow? She's like, where was my bow? What are you talking about? You needed a bow. True story, Hudson cares about fashion. And there's something about putting on clothes that sometimes does something for us, right? Whether it makes a statement, whether it unifies us, whether it puts on a persona, whether it gives you confidence. Sometimes what you put on says something about us. And you choose to put this on, it does something, sometimes it does something to us. Here in this passage, God is calling us to clothe ourselves. He's calling us to put something on. And what is it that he's telling us to put on? Why is he telling us to wake up in the morning and to put this on? What, is it, what does he want us to be known for? And he says this, and you can put it on the screen here again. It says, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. To bear with one another, to forgive, and to love. Guys, let me tell you what an outfit that would look like. How beautiful that would look. How great that would look on you. If we close ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. See, this is the idea. The connotation behind this is that this is something that we willingly, we choose to, to be able to put on because of the work of Christ. So I want you to understand first that this is, that you don't put on good clothes. You don't put these things on first if you've not been cleaned. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you haven't already been cleansed first. You know, you're not going to put on nice, clean clothes. If you're smelly and if you're dirty and you're struggling and you got, you know, you haven't, you're not going to just, oh, this is the time to put on good, clean clothes, a nice new outfit, right? That's not what you're going to do. You know, you're not going to be like somebody, if you're smelling really bad, you haven't, you haven't taken a shower in a while, you're not going to put on new, clean clothes. No one wants to put on clean clothes after that. But once you've been washed clean, once you've been scrubbed, once you've, you've been cleaned and you're ready to go, then you put on clean clothes. That's what this connotation is. Guys, well, I want you to understand, this is a message that Paul is telling to the Christians. Paul is writing to the Christians who know that Jesus is supreme, who knows that Jesus is everything, who trusted him and now relies on him, who, who, made them, who know that Jesus has cleansed them, who know the work of Jesus in their lives, who knows forgiveness. These are for people who know what it's like to be dirty, but to be made whole and clean again. He says, chosen people, Put this on. Choose to put this on every day. My people hear this. This is a choice. It's a choice. Are you willingly, consciously making the effort and the endeavor to put these things on? I'm just going to be honest and real. I would say for, for most of us, we don't. To be completely honest with you, most of us are like me. Most of you are like me. We wear what is comfortable. We wear what's easy. Whatever's out there. You just put that on, right? For me, you're like me, you see what's not that smelly on the chair next to your bed. Sorry. You would do what's easy. You do what's, maybe what's natural. If it's, a, if it's mean, if it's lack of patience, if it's greed, whatever it is, you put it on. Can I tell you though, the choice is this God is calling us. He's saying as a follower, put this on, make the willful choice, make the conscious choice, make the endeavor, the decision, the, do the work of putting this on, to put on compassion and kindness. It's the willful decision every day. Now I want you, I want you to hear this. This is also not something that God says to put on and take off when you get home. Do you, know what you guys know what I'm talking about? 
Today's Sunday morning and we're here at church and we're talking about clothing, so I can't help but get this idea of putting on your Sunday best. You guys ever heard that phrase before, putting on your Sunday best? What is that referring to, typically? Your clothing, right? Put on your Sunday best refers to what, what you're wearing. My dad, guys, by the way, my dad, my dad worked hard his whole life. And when I was young, my dad worked, um, my dad owned like a takeout restaurant. And then he worked out, he, his whole life he worked at this restaurant and he, he'd, more, he'd show up and so he'd wear really ratty, just, he's in the kitchen, he's cooking, cleaning this whole time. So he wouldn't dress up. But on Sunday morning, my dad would dress up. He looked smooth. He had this one suit that I liked so much, it had kind of glitter threads in it, like it looked kind of shiny and shimmering. I was always jealous of that suit, I always wanted that suit. My dad's also like 5'3", so it's not gonna work. He'd always put on Sunday best, he'd always make me tuck in my shirt, you know, he'd always make me wear nice pants, wear, sometimes he'd make me wear a tie, sometimes he'd make me wear a jacket. He'd always put on our Sunday best. Guys, can I tell you, that's what, a lot of what we do when it comes to this passage. So often we put on our Sunday best only. Do you hear what I'm talking about? Is that we put on these ideas, we put on compassion and kindness when we're around certain people. We put on compassion and mercy and we put on gentleness when we're around our church friends or when we're around people that we want to impress. Sometimes you're like, oh, the pastor's coming over for dinner, let's be, let's be all, act all nice and look our Sunday best. Believe me, I don't fall for any of it anyway. I don't believe any of it. When you're around certain people, you put on compassion kindness, but around other people, you don't. Or maybe when you put it on when you go out to the world, but when you come back home, hear this, maybe when you go out to work, when you're out with your friends, you put on your Sunday best, but as soon as you come home, you're lazy. And your kids and your families, your wife and your husband, they don't see it. Can I see that as a word of warning to all of you guys? I know you guys are like, home is where I get to rest. I can take off my Sunday best. Can I tell you that home is where you should put on gentleness and compassion the most? Your kids should see you putting this on every day. They should see your patience and your humility. God doesn't say put this on and take it off whenever you feel like it. God doesn't say put this on and take it off when you get home. God doesn't say put this on and take it off when you're on other people. God says literally clothe yourselves. Put this on. Let this be what identifies you. Let this be what you're known for, what you're known about. Clothe yourself with this. Put it on and leave it on. Not a Sunday best kind of thing. Who you are both in the world and at home with your friends and with work. Clothe yourself. Bear with one another. Forgiving, loving, humility, gentleness, patience. Kindness. Guys, could you imagine if that's what really happened? If as followers of Christ, those who've been made clean, who've been forgiven, who've been given a new heart as a new creation, we decide every morning, every day, when we come home, when we go out to the world, wherever we go, we decide to be that this is what we wear, this is what we put on, this is what we show the world. That we're kind and humble, gentle, and forgiving. Can't you say something, guys? Please hear me. I'm not one of those guys that feels like Christians need to apologize for everything wrong that Christians have done in the world. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying this. I will say this. I think Christians in our culture right now have a tendency to be known for being not being this. Right? We have a tendency to be more known to be selfish and pursuing our rights and our freedoms or judging others or being mean. Can we be known for this? This is what the book of Colossians is saying. And please hear me very well. We need to stand up for what's true. We need to speak out against what is wrong and evil in this world. Don't, do not, I don't doubt that for one second. But I'd love to be known as people who put on gentleness and compassion and kindness. 
But I know somebody else who put that on. Jesus chose to put that on every day. Even when he was being crucified, even when all his rights were being taken away, even when he was innocent and being condemned, he put that on. My people, it's a choice. It's a choice. Now, I love this contrast with this. Earlier in Colossians 3, it says, now put to death your earthly nature. Put to death other things. It says, put to death sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, and slander. And I love that there's this contrast, this comparison. He says, put to death these things and put on these things, right? When I was in middle school, um, for the first time, we had to dress out for PE. You guys know what I'm talking about? You ever dress out for PE? We had to change clothes and put on your PE clothes, right? Locker rooms, anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, this is a weird one that went to a weird school, right? No. <laughs> you had to dress out for PE, and you had to you know, have those special gym shorts and gym shirt and all that kind of stuff. Well, in middle school, I was, a, I was a middle school boy, and we'd have our dress out clothes. And we'd be in Florida heat, and we'd play basketball or football, whatever we did. And we'd dress out in these clothing, and um, after we're done, we'd change out and put on our regular clothes. But instead of taking our shirts home, like we were probably supposed to, because it was sweaty and wet, we would just hang it up in the locker and let it dry in the locker, right? That seemed like a smart middle school thing to do. And then we do that the next time. We show up two days later, time to dress out, our shirt's waiting for us, hanging up in the locker. First time, maybe it wasn't that bad. You know, you put it on, so you're like, okay, you wear it again, you put it on. But then the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth time of not taking it home, drying your shirt off, your sweaty shirt in the locker, guys, can I just be real with you? It was bad. I mean, it was disgusting. I remember me and my friends who all did this. I don't know why we all did this, but this is what we did. We would like cover our nose as we tried to put our shirts on. It smelled so terrible. I mean, it was, guys, I'll, I, this is, I'm going I'm to confess this. This is confession time. I'm pretty sure there was mold growing all over it. It was bad. Florida heat, remember, guys, remind you, this is Florida. We would put this shirt on, and it was so smelly, guys. And I know we were supposed to bring it home, but after a while, I was, like, embarrassed. You know, I, was, I don't want my mom to see this. And so we just kept on wearing it. All of us kept on wearing this shirt. It was so gross. But by the time, by the time we were done, I, mean, I remember throwing it away in the gym locker, right? And I'd bring in a new shirt and do the same thing with a new shirt, you know? And it was just so gross. It was just, guys, I shouldn't have... Threw it away. I felt bad throwing it away in the gym locker. I think I stuck up the whole locker room. And the locker rooms are bad anyway. I should have burned it. It was that bad. It was gross. It was just the worst thing. Back in my mind, I'm like, how could I have possibly put that on? A lot of people, when we do not put to death our sinful natures, what we're doing is we're actually clothing ourselves in it. We're putting on that old gym shirt. Do you get it? Do you like, like how I pulled that? You've been made clean in Christ. You've been made whole. You've been righteous and true. You're cleansed. But then all of a sudden, you're deciding to put on the dirty old gym shirt. You're clean. Why would you put that on? It's disgusting. It's bad. It's filthy. It smells. And nobody wants to be around that. Don't put that gym shirt back on. Don't put on sexual immorality and purity and lust and sexual desires and greed and anger and rage and malice and slander. Why would you put that back on when you've been made clean and whole? Instead, you need to put those things to death and put on compassion and kindness and humility. There's a direct opposite of what you need to do is put to death is then putting on. These are opposites of each other. 
Guys, I need you to hear this. I know it's a silly illustration, but I want you to get it. Just as gross as that gym shirt is, you need to think how gross and heinous your sin is. Just as disgusting and so messed up as the idea of putting that shirt on when you're clean and whole, that's how you need to view this sin. You need to look at greed and anger and impurity and sexual immorality and malice as disgusting in the face of God. And the smell is just so bad that you want nothing to do with it. When you've been made clean, you've been made fresh. Put it to death, my people. Put it to death. Don't just put it away. Don't just try to not look at it, but put it to death. Sometimes what you need to do is you just need to burn and bury things. That shirt needed to be burned and buried. It was bad. The self guy is telling you to put it away. He's using extreme language intentionally. He's literally saying, push it away. Push it to where it can't affect you again. Walk away. Be so disgusted by it. Guys, can I tell you this? Here's what it's not saying, though. Well, that passage is not saying that people who do mess up and who do walk in that sin is not saying stay away from those people and treat them and put them away. Not saying put them to death. Do you hear me? It doesn't say that. It says for you, put to death your earthly nature. Put to death malice and rage in your own heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? I just want to throw that caveat out there. Put to death, be disgusted by it. Can I just tell you guys, right now, I'm so sickened and saddened by anger and rage that I see Christians throw at each other. People who proclaim the love and forgiveness of Christ. I should, I should, I'm so glad I don't really use Twitter. Like, I'll be honest with you, I don't really use Twitter that often. Like, I kind of have one, but I don't ever check it. I never post anything. But the other day, I, I took a deep dive one day. I shouldn't have done this. This is... This is bad. But I took a deep dive in this um, one Christian woman's uh, Twitter post I, I really admire. And, man, I just saw hatred. Hatred. Like, straight up hatred and malice and anger from so-called Christians quoting scripture at each other. I mean, they're using scripture to support their hate for each other. And I was just disgusted by it. And I look at that, and I'm like, what... I look at the also look at my own life, and I'm like, am I disgusted by my own sin? Am I disgusted by my own greed? The fact that I should, I should look at my own greed and be like, I'm never satisfied. I always want more. I need to be disgusted by that too. It needs to smell so rotten to me. My people, this is not a, a sermon that I'm trying to get you to be like, oh, feel terrible about yourself. Feel so, no, guys, what I want you to do is walk in these other things, put these other things on because it's so much better. It's so much more beautiful. It's so much more incredible than these things of the world that God died, that Jesus died for, cleansed you from. Why put on that gym shirt again? He's got fresh clothes, comfortable clothes, clean clothes, beautiful robes. I always say robes. Nobody wears robes nowadays, but comfortable Sweatshirts, I don't know what you wear. <laughs> but he's got it for you. Don't go back to it. Don't go back to the ways that you were cleansed from, that you were set free from. Don't put on that gym shirt, but put on something so much better. I love this correlation between this and the idea that we actually are dressed in the righteousness of Jesus. By virtue of what the work Jesus did, by virtue of his life, death, and resurrection, by us accepting his free 
gift of grace to us. We're actually clothed, dressed in the righteousness of Jesus. We need to be putting that on constantly. Put to death these other things. Can I tell you, it's just, it's so ingrained in us. That's why it's part of our earthly nature. It's part of our nature. But we make the willful endeavor, the conscious choice to put these things to death so that we can walk and be clothed in his righteousness. One element about the idea of putting on clothing is I love, I love so much is this, when you put on clothing, sometimes you can put on something that identifies you as a team. Like what do we call that? When you put on something that identifies you as a part of a team, what do we call that? Jersey, a uniform, perfect, that's right. I can identify my teammates by the colors of their jerseys or uniform, right? I know my Gators, they're all orange and blue and they got a little Gator mascot on them, right? So I know who's on my team. If I'm playing a basketball game, you know, if I'm the red team versus the blue team, if I'm the home team versus the away team, whatever it may be, you know who's on your team by the way they're dressed. Guys, I love this. The way we dress shows our allegiance shows our team together. Here's the fact, what for us is that we put on these things, we put on this uniform and we get to show our allegiance. Do you get this, that we're a team together and when we put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and we bear with one another and we forgive each other and we love our, one another, that's our uniform. Do you get that? That shows you what team you're playing for. It unites us, it says, hey guys, oh those people, oh they, they, they play for, that's, that's Jesus' team. I can see it. Just like I can see orange and blue gators, I can see love, compassion, kindness. Oh, okay, they play for Jesus' team. Do you get that? We get to wear a uniform that identifies us to the world, that identifies us to each other, that says, sets us apart and says, hey, you guys are different because you walk in humility, because you know you didn't do anything to earn your own salvation. You wanna know something different? You guys walk in compassion because you've been given so much compassion that your Savior actually died upon the cross for you. You walk in forgiveness because you yourself know, man, of all my sins I've been forgiven of, how can I not forgive others? You walk in gentleness because he has been so gentle to you. And that's your uniform. You wear it. You say, this is who we are, and we represent another one. We represent something bigger than us. We represent the kingdom that's more powerful than us. I love it when I see the Olympic people, guys, on opening ceremony. They walk in. They're all so excited. They walk in carrying their flag, and they're wearing their matching outfits, and they're all walking in. They're waving at everybody. Guys, that's what we get to do every single day. Every single day, we get to show the world on national television or our little local broadcast that you have wherever you're at. That my kingdom, that I represent, it looks like this. It's full of forgiving people who love one another. Not because they're perfect. Not because they agree on everything. Not because they're politically the same, socioeconomically the same. Not because they're racially the same or ethnically the same. Not because of any other reason, but because of the work of Jesus and Jesus has called them together by the power of his spirit. They're in allegiance together. We're in a team together. So we play for the team of Christ. And our uniform shows this. The way you live, what you, what you put on shows who you play for. And this is our uniform. When we let anger, rage, malice, evil desires, and greed, when we let that get a hold of us, it's, it shows a different team. But if we put it on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness, bearing, bearing, I love that bearing with one another, by the way. I love that phrase. 
bearing with one. Because it, it not just, it just doesn't mean we just suffer one another, right? It's just, a, oh, well, I'll bear with Derek, you know? Gosh, I'll bear with him. It's, you know, it's hard, but I'll bear. No, it actually means like I'm going to bear his stuff with me too. I'm going to hold his stuff with me. So his issues are not my issues. I'm going to bear it together. We're going to carefully hold it on to each other, each other with it. Loving him and forgiving him as we do this together. Sorry, Derek, you're just right there, buddy. That's what we're called to do. I'm not saying we're perfect. Please hear me, guys. You will never, ever hear me say Waypoint Church is full of perfect people. I know you guys too well for that. We're not. And I wish, gosh, gosh, I wish so desperately that we could do this perfectly. More than anything else, I wish we could. Just, just show the beauty and wonder of Jesus. I wish we could do this perfectly. We can't, but we choose to put this on. Trusting in his grace and his power to let the world see. I know some of you here today and this message is, sounds good. Let's put that on. But honestly, you might be thinking, I don't see Christians wearing that uniform all the time. And I'll, to that I'll say, I agree. And I'm sorry, it's a shame. But can I tell you something? I do see it. I have seen Christians put this on. I've seen it here. I've seen it amongst you. The way you love and the way you forgive. The way you bear with one another. The way you put on gentleness and kindness and mercy. Do I want to see more? Absolutely. I'd love to see more. I'd love for us to more put to death our earthly nature and more embrace the clothing that we put on. But I just want to start here. I want to start right here in this place. May this be a call to our local body, our church. May we here first put these things on. Show the uniform that we're wearing. Show the kingdom that we support. Now, I don't know what it means. I know some of you might, some of you here might be feeling, well, that sounds good, but I don't even know what it means to, to feel cleansed to begin with. I don't know what it's like to put on new clothes because I don't feel clean. That's the part you talked about earlier when you, you don't put on new clothes when you're struggling and you still don't feel clean. You're not going to put on new clothes when you're sweaty and smelly. You might be sitting here, I don't know what it's like to be clean, to feel cleansed. And guys, can't tell you, I'm glad you're here today if that's you. Because you can. You can know what it means to feel cleansed and to, to feel like a new creation in Christ because he's done everything necessary for you to be made new today. He's done everything necessary. There's nothing you could do to earn it or to deserve it or to work for it. There's nothing anybody here did for it. But Jesus Christ did everything necessary for you to be cleansed and you to be a new creation today. So if you're in here today and you're like, I don't want, I don't, I'd love to put on that clothes, but I don't, I don't want to put it on something so dirty and smelly. Can I tell you that God knows you? He sees through all this junk and the smell that you think you have. And he loves you. And he's done everything necessary for you to be cleansed and to be known by him. And the invitation is this, that he wants you to accept his forgiveness and his new creation that he's going to start in you. If that's you, we'd love to talk to you. If there's anybody here that wants to talk about what that looks like, we'd love to talk to you. Any of the prayer team or the pastors or elders would love to talk to you during our worship time. We want you to know that you did nothing to deserve it, but he is good. And his goodness, he raised us with Christ. So we are new, fresh and clean. A new creation that chooses not to put on filth, 
but instead to clothe ourselves in righteousness like Jesus did. My people, this is our call for us. Will we put to death our earthly nature and choose to put on kindness, gentleness, humility, love, forgiving, forgiveness. And I want to close by reading verses 15 through 17 as a very practical means of what this looks like in our midst and in our body. And I want you to hear this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So as members of one body, we are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And guys, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this practical word you've given us. God, we first thank you that you've forgiven us and cleansed us and you showed us the supremacy of Christ and his work that has accomplished that for us. But now you call us to live a life that looks different from the world, to put to death our earthly nature and put on your righteousness. So Holy Spirit, will you empower us to do so? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo, that's good news. It's good news. We get to build each other up and be the body together. And, and part of that is, is coming on a regular basis to take the Lord's Supper, or also called communion. And for this morning, we, we did, already did our confession time, and we're joining with our Christian sisters and brothers around the world in participation of the Lord's Supper. This is a time when followers of Jesus come together to reflect and remember the death and suffering of Jesus Christ and the new covenant we have in him. We actually read the new covenant this morning uh, from Ezekiel. I asked you earlier in the service to confess your sins to God and we accepted his forgiveness and we worked toward reorienting ourselves to focus on Jesus and his grace and his forgiveness and the power of the spirit is how we do this and we do this as a body and we do this individually and this morning we're doing both you're coming up here individually but we're doing it as a body in this service so what I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm gonna read the script from the liturgy of of communion that Jesus gave and Paul reiterates in 1st Corinthians and I'll explain what we're gonna do just so you know again this is for followers of Jesus if you've never confessed Jesus and you want to stay in your seat that is okay uh, there's no shame in that or anything um, but for those who confess Jesus as Savior and Lord, when I finish with the, uh, the reading, you're going to, if you're in this section and you're comfortable, I realize now different people, different comfort levels with immunity and things, uh, you can come down this aisle and you, you will be served right here. Um, for this section, you guys will come this way and be served there. For this section, you guys will come to the center and be served up there, and then you guys will be served in that corner. Uh, if you are gluten-free, this cracker and the juice is gluten-free, so don't have to worry about it. If you need to just go to one of the stations and grab an individual cup, if, if, you need, if that's what you need right now, um, you would not want to come forward. 
at the tables in the back, there's some hand sanitizer and little cups. The cups in the basket are gluten-free and the cups on the table are just regular ones. If you're, if you're not gluten-free, I would ask that you would save the other ones for those who are gluten-free. They're not the best tasting things in the world, but they are uh, a representative of, of what, we, what we're doing with this meal. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, the night he was betrayed, he took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So what I'm going to ask you to do is you're going to come forward. If you've never done it here at Waypoint, you actually, you're going to be handed a cracker by one of our servers. So if actually if our servers can, can come on up and there's the hand sanitizer. You're going to be handed a cracker and then you're going to dip the cracker in the juice. You can eat the cracker immediately or you can take it back to your seat and take some time to reflect. Please uh, just remember that if you dip it too much in the juice, you'll kind of, it'll be a little soppy. So this is an actual matzah from Israel, so it, it won't absorb a ton of juice, uh, but that's, that's how we do it here at Waypoint. So um, we'll get the servers ready, and then I will call you guys up.
And remember, after the service, if you want prayer for anything, just want to share with someone, uh, some different uh, church leaders, and we'll be around the church. So we're in yellow lanyards. Uh, Please go up to one of them and ask them to pray for you or share whatever's on your heart. This is part of our prayer ministry, and we want to bless everyone here and always give you the opportunity to pray with, uh, with someone. Please join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this table where we come and we remember and we reflect and we accept your forgiveness and grace. Go before us. May we be the people of God, the people who take off the old clothes and clothe ourselves and just live in this new uniform, this new reality. Be with us until the next time we come to this table. And we just give you all the praise and all the glory. And we thank you for forgiveness. And we thank you that we get to be the body together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.